Hello and welcome back to Have You Seen It? I'm Maggie and in this episode I have a drama from Switzerland to tell you about. Are you ready? Let's go. This week we have a new country. We actually have two new countries. Next week's episode is also a new country, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. This week's new country is Switzerland, and the show is New Heights. In Swiss German, it is Nomat. It is from 2021. It was created by Mariana Vent and is a Zodiac Pictures Limited and Sveiza Radio und Varsien production. It is available on Netflix. There is one season with eight episodes and they are all about 47 minutes long. It takes place in both Zurich and at the family farm, which is called Nomat. And I don't remember if they ever mentioned the name of the small village that it's located in, but we mainly see the main characters going back and forth between the family farm and Zurich. Switzerland is a landlocked country located where Western, Central, and Southern Europe all meet, which is a fun fact. I didn't know that. Its official name is the Swiss Confederation. It is bordered by France to the west, Germany to the north, Liechtenstein and Austria to the east, and finally, Italy to the south and southeast. The show that takes place the closest is the Luxembourgish show Capitani that takes place in Manchid, Luxembourg, which is a fake town in the northern part of that country. The other shows that take place nearby are the Dutch-Belgian co-production Undercover, the first season takes place in Limburg, Belgium, and the other is a guess because I still don't know where in Germany how to sell drugs online fast takes place, but it's set in the fake town of Rinslin. Some fun facts about Switzerland, it has one of the highest rates of gun ownership among industrialized nations, and yet it has one of the lowest crime rates among those same countries. It has almost half the amount of gun-related gun deaths as the United States, and the reason for those numbers is a lot different than the reason why the U.S. has such a high gun ownership and double the amount of gun deaths. In Switzerland, they have mandatory military service, and when they finish their service, they are supposed to take their guns home with them, but are not allowed to take ammunition. As far as I know, in the U.S., when leaving the service, U.S. members are not allowed to take their assault rifles home. I don't know about pistols, but I'm pretty confident that they can't take their assault rifles home. They can go to their local Walmart and buy them, but the numbers are a little skewed, I would say, when it comes to telling the full story in Switzerland because, again, they have the guns, but they don't have ammunition, and a gun with no ammunition can't shoot somebody, so... California is 10 times the size of Switzerland, which is roughly the size of Vermont and New Hampshire put together. It is home to one of the most expensive places to live, and I can confirm. When we visited Zurich in 2016, a gallon of milk was like 8 bucks, and a pound of chicken was over $20. On the flip side, it did have the best tap water I've ever drank in my entire life. I've never been more excited to have a glass of tap water than I did when we were there. It says online that rent for a three-bedroom apartment is roughly $2,300 there, which I'm from Boston, and I looked online for what the rent for a three-bedroom apartment would cost a month here, and the lowest I found was $2,700. And the median income for Zurich residents is $76,684, and in Boston, it's $37,582. That's individual, not household. The household average in Zurich is 103,298, and in Boston, it's 76,298. So individuals on average make more than an entire household in Boston does. So forgive me for not thinking that 2,300 is expensive for a three bedroom apartment when you're making 76,000 plus a year. 
I think. Um, again, that's more than most Boston households make. So, While the apps are most associated with Switzerland, only 15% of them are actually in Switzerland, which I didn't know. I thought like the Swiss Alps was like the whole thing. Well, not the whole thing, because I know like there's the French Alps, but like the majority of the Alps. And finally, if there is ever a nuclear war, Switzerland is ready. They are the ultimate preppers. They have enough fallout shelters for their entire human population. They don't say anything about the like animal population, but the human population will be taken care of. And that's because they have laws that state every person must have access to a shelter in their building or nearby. And the Swiss military has fully stocked artillery bunkers in the middle of populated villages that are disguised as like cute country homes. So if you're afraid of a nuclear war breaking out, moving to Switzerland seems to be the best idea. They speak Swiss German in this show. There are audio alternatives in English, French, Spanish, and regular German. And there are audio descriptions available in Swiss German, French, and German. Subtitles are available in English, closed caption English, Spanish, French, simplified Chinese, and traditional Chinese. It is rated TVMA. The disclaimer that Netflix has for the show is language. I would include suicide and sexual assault. It's, again, weird how sometimes Netflix picks and chooses what disclaimers to put on different shows. The links to all the websites where I got the information for this show, the fun facts, and any other information that I did not use my memory for are going to be linked in the description of this episode as well as in the caption for the post that I made for the show on Instagram. Hi. Welcome to The Jury Room, a true crime podcast. My name is Kevin, and I will be your host on this journey. We will be covering some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever be committed against humanity. We will be covering cannibalistic serial killers, decades-old unsolved mysteries, cold cases, missing person cases, and everything in between. The Jury Room Podcast is available on most major podcasting platforms. Please make sure you go subscribe and leave a review. Okay, so for the cast of this show, I'm going to focus mainly on the main family and mention maybe one or two other people. So first we have Mickey Viss. He is played by Julian Köchlin. He is definitely the sibling that the show focuses on the most. He lives and works in Zurich at a consulting firm. He goes by Mick a lot in the show and is originally from a small village, but he hides the fact that he grew up on a farm from the people he works with in Zurich because he's embarrassed about how he grew up. And he hides the fact that he is gay from everyone in his village. So the people in Zurich know that he's gay. The people in his village knows that he grew up on a farm. Next is Mickey's sister, Sarah, who's played by Sophie Hutter. I believe she's older than Mickey, but I don't think they ever say who's older, but she definitely has that like older sister vibe to her. She owns a personal gym and has a teenage daughter. I will say, not my favorite. Her, I just don't, I just don't like. She's going through her own financial issues that causes her to make some decisions that are not in the best interest of the family, which that may be why I don't like her. But the last sibling is Lorenz, who's played by Yoroma Hum. He still lives on the farm with their parents, and he is in school trying to get a certificate or a license so that he can run the farm on his own. He knows what to do, 
and they don't ever say whether Lorenz is on the spectrum, but you can tell that he has some learning disabilities and struggles in social situations, which makes it harder for him to pass the test that he's taken at least once before. But when he's in class, we can tell that he knows what to do. He just really struggles with kind of articulating that in words, especially in front of other people. So now we have the parents. Their mom, Katarina, is played by Rachel Brownsvig. She works on the farm as well, but the relationship between her and her husband, Kurt, who is played by Paul Kaiser, is not good. I'm not going to say anything more about that, but they are clearly not in a happy, loving marriage. The last family member I'm going to mention is Kurt's mother, Trudy, who is played by Marlies Fisher. She lives on the farm as well, but she doesn't really play a huge role, but we do see her a lot, so I'm, that's why I'm mentioning her. The non-family member that I want to mention is Joel Bachman, who is played by Benito Baus. He arrives at the firm that Mickey works at as like an advisor who helps them with some of the projects that they're working on. He also lends a hand with Mickey to help him out with the farm. There are, of course, other people in the show, but these are the ones that I think are the most important ones. The description that Netflix has for the show is, when the business consultant Michi Viss inherits his late father's troubled farm, he must confront his rural past and his family's future. So it opens with Michi at his job riding a mechanical bull, and it's some competition between co-workers. We see one of his other co-workers get on after him. They're on different teams. Michi is on Team Red. Pablo is on Team Blue. They're also rivals when it comes to their actual jobs. So they are constantly trying to outdo each other, but you can see how competitive Michi is because the longer Pablo stays on, you can see how tense he's getting. But as soon as Pablo falls off and Michi's team wins, he's like super excited. We then see Michi at his apartment and we can see that he makes pretty good money at his job because he has a really, really nice apartment and like downtown Zurich and several expensive watches. He then pulls out what looks like homemade jam from his fridge. It's definitely homemade, but it's the jam part that I'm not too sure about. But he's eating it with a spoon, which if it is jam, kind of makes me gag a little bit. But he's watching the sunset over the city and then it goes to the intro. When it comes back from the intro, it's the same night as before it's just later in the night the sun is finally set and we see kurt spreading the same thing that mickey was eating on a slice of bread with butter which is why i'm thinking that it was jam but then lorenz comes in and tells kurt that one of their cows who is giving birth is pretty weak and needs help lorenz is definitely panicking a little bit but kurt doesn't seem like he's in a rush at all we see lorenz going out to olympia the cow and she is groaning and just you can tell is in a lot of discomfort and Lorenz is trying to help calm her down. He calls for his dad one more time, and you can tell that the reason Lorenz is panicking is because he doesn't think that he can help Olympia on his own, but because his father isn't there, he jumps into action and starts to prepare to help Olympia birth her calf. Kurt does actually come out to the barn, but he stays back and hides in the shadow and makes sure to stay out of sight when Lorenz is looking to see if he's coming. We see Lorenz successfully help Olympia give birth, also, the cow gives birth for like real, like real for real, and Yoroma Hum looks like he really did help pull the calf out, so if that thing makes you a little squeamish, just be aware. But after the calf is born, Lorenz helps clean it with some hay, and then Kurt comes, and you can see how proud Lorenz is that he was able to do it all on his own. Kurt tells him that he did a good job, gives him a hug, and says that the calf is his. 
Kurt then walks away and kind of has a moment to himself in a different barn where you can see just how much anguish she's in. We then see Katerina and she is brushing her hair, getting ready for bed. Kurt comes in and without saying a word, starts to like rub her shoulders a little bit for a few seconds. And she comments how he used to always do that. And he responds by giving her shoulders one more soft squeeze and then thanking her just saying thanks, and then lays down in bed. Katerina asks for what, but Kurt doesn't say anything, and you can tell that she's confused by his sudden show of intimacy and gratitude. It then shows us Mickey showing up to work the next day. I'm not going to get into this part too much, but it is when we meet Yoel for the first time, and you find out right away that Mickey knows him, and doesn't wait very long after the meeting to let Joel know how he knows who he is. But then we see why Katerina is surprised that Kurt showed some level of intimacy and why I think that they are not in a loving, committed marriage. But when she gets home, she sees Kurt and Lorenz having lunch, where before she actually walks in, they're talking about what to call the new calf. Kurt's mother is there as well, but Katerina is a little surprised to see them all eating together and seeing Kurt in such a good mood. You can tell she's growing more and more suspicious and dare I say a little concern. She definitely sees the signs for what is to come, but doesn't ever actually address them. We then finally meet Sarah and we see her at her gym leading a workout class and Kurt goes and sees her, but once again, he doesn't let her know that he is there. She's talking to a salesman who is super sleazy, but when she looks at the door that her dad was at, we see that he had already left. Before he leaves, he does a little sigh like, she's gonna be okay which is sad because she does think that he wasn't proud of her, that he didn't like what she was doing, but seeing him arrive at the gym and seeing him nodding his head, like when he sees the gym and when he sees her in there shows us that he was proud of her, which again is, is sad for like how she feels later. After he leaves the gym, we see him doing some work in the barn back at the farm. He's kind of getting things ready for what he's planning on doing later. Later that night, we see Mickey at dinner with the people from work, and his dad calls him. He answers the call, and Kurt goes to tell him something, but stops. And then he asks him if he'll help Lorenz seal the barn roof the next time he comes to the farm. So basically, like, coming up with an excuse as to why he called him instead of saying what he actually wanted to say. And Mickey says that he makes enough money to pay people to come and seal for him. And his dad's like, yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, no problem. And Mickey asks if there's anything else. We don't hear Kurt's answer, but we do see Mickey going back up to his coworkers, so we can guess that Kurt probably said no. The last thing I'll mention before I wrap this up is that when he gets back up there, Joel asks who's on the phone, and Kurt says his dad. And when Joel asks him what his father did, Mickey lies and says he's a businessman. So you see right from the beginning that Mickey is embarrassed of where he comes from, like I mentioned earlier. His night doesn't end with that conversation, but like I said, that's where I'm going to leave it. The rest of the show is the family dealing with what happens that night and how it affects their personal lives, their jobs, and their family farm. Before I get to my likes and dislikes, here's a promo from my friends Chris and Joe over at the Rank Bank Podcast. Hello, lovely listeners. Buenos dias. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Have You Seen It? C'est très bien. Oh, Chris has been insufferable using phrases from all the international TV he's been watching recently. You assisted tantos. 
So if you want something to listen to while your other half watches series after series... Mortal, mortal, mortal. Then give the Rank Bank podcast a try. Each week, we have two guests, four great games and loads of fun and laughs. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or on Twitter at Rank Bank Pod. We hope you enjoy the Rank Bank podcast as much as you enjoy the wonderful Have You Seen It? Tuck. Oh, stop it, Chris. Pinch shoulder gong. Okay, so for my likes and dislikes, I would say overall, this show isn't that bad. But, to be honest, I struggled to watch this one. I actually didn't watch all eight episodes because I found it pretty boring. And my ADHD was in full force, making it really hard to stay focused, so I was getting really distracted and would lose interest pretty often, and eventually I just kind of gave up. Which doesn't happen a lot with the shows that I've covered on this podcast. I think out of the 122 shows that I've finished, there's only like three or four that I wasn't able to finish like all the way because I couldn't make it through them. There's probably more that if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would have stopped watching, but was able to push through, but this one wasn't wasn't one of them. I don't think this show needed to be eight episodes. I think it probably could have been fine with six, which is how many episodes I actually watched. I didn't watch the last two. It just felt like it dragged on a lot. Like I said earlier, the episodes are 47 minutes long, and it like there's not a lot of progress from one episode to the other and yeah it just I couldn't I couldn't do it the acting was pretty good throughout some of it wasn't but I thought overall the acting was pretty good the storyline was okay for the most part like I said it definitely dragged out a lot and could have been six episodes instead of eight there are definitely characters that you root for like Lorenz and there are characters that you root against like Sarah. And if I'm being honest, I think other than the fact that it dragged on, I think I also really struggled with the fact that the main character looks like Matt Gates. If you don't know who Matt Gates is, you are a very lucky human being, and I envy you. And I am going to ruin that because he is a horrible, disgusting human being who is a representative of the state of Florida, and he's a, a febophile. And if you don't know what that is, it is spelled E-P-H-E-B-O-P-H-I-L-E. And you can look that up on your own, um, but that's what he is. He's disgusting. And unfortunately, the main character looks like a mixture of him and Sebastian Stan. And it really just, it just took me out. Um, yeah, it took me out of the show a lot. It just made it really hard to focus on anything else because that's all I thought about when unfortunately when I would see the the main character but if you guys give this show a chance um, let me know if you like it or not let me know if you watched all eight episodes so for things that stood out to me on the day that Kurt dies they have him in a coffin at the barn already like they haven't taken his body away yet or anything but they put him in a coffin is that normal because to me that seemed like a little different to find someone dead and just immediately put them in a coffin. Is that how, the only way they transport dead bodies in Switzerland? Like, I just, I saw it and I was like, oh, 
okay? Like, it, to me, it was like Katarina was, like, ready to bury him right then and there. Like, she didn't want to wait. Which, she definitely gave that vibe anyways. But yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. There he is, in the coffin. He just died less than 12 hours ago. But, okay. The next thing that stood out was during the funeral, the family didn't sit together. Lorenz and his grandmother sat in the pew across the aisle from his mother, brother, sister, and niece. I couldn't find anywhere online that said that was some custom because of speeches or anything, and all of the funerals I've been to, the family all sit on the same side, usually the left side when looking at the pews from the altar, but they sit together even when the family members like don't get along. I've been to some where family sitting on opposite sides would have made more sense. But Lorenz and his grandmother get along with the others, at least at that point they did. So I don't know if it was a creative decision so that Lorenz and Sarah could look at each other without straining too much or if it was some sort of tradition. If you guys know, let me know. But that was really it for things that stood out. If something stands out to you guys or you know the answer to either of those things being a part of tradition or just part of the culture, please let me know. Words and phrases, unfortunately, I wasn't able to pick up any new words or phrases while watching the show, but if you are, definitely let me know. For familiar faces, I also wasn't able to recognize any of the actors, even though some of them look like actors from other shows. I mentioned how one looks like a combo of a disgraced American politician and Sebastian Stan. If you follow the Instagram for this podcast, you might have seen that post. Um, again, it freaked me out. I needed people to see, so it is up on my Instagram. Um, I forgot about that earlier, but it is up there. If you guys are able to recognize any of the actors from the show, then let me know. But that's all I have for you guys for the show. Not a very long episode. Again, overall, this show wasn't my favorite. I did enjoy some episodes and other episodes not so much. I haven't seen anything out there about there being a season two, and to be honest, I won't watch it if there is one because I didn't even finish the first season. If you guys give the show a chance, let me know what you think about it and tell me if you liked it or not. As always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at OfficialHYSI. You can check out the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash OfficialHYSI. And if you have any show suggestions or feedback, you can email me at HaveYouSeenIt1 at gmail.com. I hope you all have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. Stay safe and healthy, and I will see you next week where I will be talking about the drama Country Queen from Kenya. Have you seen it? Because I have.